on September the 9th, while I was flying to Australia with Kenneth Copeland, he and I were just enjoying some good fellowship, sharing with one another, preaching to one another. We always do that when we get together. And uh, in a little while, somewhere over the Pacific Ocean, between Honolulu and Brisbane, Australia, somewhere over the Pacific. Brother Copeland said, I'm going to go lay down and take a nap. If you want to take a nap or do a little rest, uh, go ahead and feel free to do so. I said, go ahead, Brother Copeland. I'm going to uh, just sit here. I had started a book before I began that trip. I wanted to read some more in this book. And I said, I'm just going to read the book, and then uh, if I get sleepy, I'll rest for a little while. I'm just going to lean back in the seat here and rest. And so he went back to take a nap, and I sat there for maybe 30 minutes, and then I got sleepy. So I put the book down, I leaned the seat back, and I closed my eyes. And no more than I had closed my eyes, the word of the Lord came to me. I wasn't expecting it. I didn't ask for it. I certainly welcomed it once I heard it. And the Lord said, in 2020, now this is September the 9th, 2019. He said, in 2020, I will cause you to experience supernatural, let me back up. He said, I will open a new door and cause you to experience supernatural increase like never before. And I, I knew in my heart that that was not just a personal word to me and to me only, even though I did receive it. But I knew it was the word of the Lord that I was to take to the body of Christ throughout 2020 all over the world. He gives me a theme every year and I stick with that theme until he directs me otherwise. And I knew in my heart, in fact, I got so excited, I couldn't sleep, uh, I was, re, I was energized again and I began praying over that, studying it and, and looking through the scriptures about it and so forth. So immediately I began preaching about supernatural increase. Now I am celebrating this year, this month, 51 years in the ministry, wow. 51 years. I have experienced during those 51 years supernatural increase many, many times. In fact, God has been so good to me, he makes me feel like I must be his favorite child. Amen. Amen. But he loves you just as much. Amen. But that's the way I feel. He must, he must consider me his favorite child. And he's just been so good to me. I couldn't have asked for a better life. I had no idea when I first came to him in 1969 that my life would turn out the way it has. It's far better than I ever dreamed. And I give him all the praise for it. Amen. And over the years, God has, has blessed our ministry, has blessed my wife and I personally, has blessed our, our children, our grandchildren. And I'm about to be a great grandfather, praise God. And I expect the blessing of God to be on my great granddaughter as well. Hallelujah. But he's been so good to us. And uh, I remember back in 1969, when I first surrendered my life to him, I was young in the Lord, just about three weeks old. And one morning I was praying and I had, uh, had been a, a young businessman. I owned an automotive business. I shut that business down and began to prepare for full-time ministry. So I'm in my guest bedroom where I'd made that my prayer closet and where I studied and so forth. And I'm praying one morning and the Lord said this to me. And of course, I was very young in the Lord. And, and in fact, at first, I wasn't sure it was even the Lord. Because, you know, I hadn't heard God's voice that often. I'm three weeks old in the Lord. And uh, I heard as I was praying. I didn't hear it out here with these ears. I heard it with the ears of my spirit right in here. And I heard these words. There will come a day that the favor of God on your life will be known about around the world. And I will hold you responsible for teaching others how to walk in it as I'm going to teach you. 
And I wrote that down in my journal. I kept a journal of everything I felt the Lord had said to me. I wrote it down. I still have that journal in my archives from 1969. Now, I had never heard anybody talk about the favor of God. I didn't know there was such a thing. I didn't even tell my wife about this, even though she'd been born again, filled with the Holy Spirit since she was eight years old. I'm just now coming into this. And so I thought, I'm not going to tell my wife about this. She'll think I've lost my mind. You know, I mean, I'm three weeks old in the Lord. You don't go around telling everybody, guess what? My name will be known around the world for the favor of God that's on my life. You don't go around telling people that when you're three weeks old in the Lord. So I just kept it to myself. I wrote it down in that journal. And uh, so I began to, to look through the scripture. And of course, back then, I didn't know many scripture. In fact, I was so scripturally illiterate, I was surprised to find out that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John wrote the same story. I went into my wife and I said, did you know? I thought I'd got a great revelation. Did you know that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John wrote the same story? She said, is that all you've learned since you've been in there? I said, well, I thought it was something that nobody else knew. She laid her hands on my head and said, get on back in there. You'll learn something, you know. And I was surprised. And then I asked the Lord, I said, why did you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John write the same story? He said, I knew you wouldn't get it in one. <laughs> Don't laugh. Some of you hadn't got it yet. Huh? And so that's how scripturally illiterate I was. And now he's talking about favor. Is that such a thing that you can find in the Bible? I didn't know. And so I said, well, Lord, you'll have to teach me because I didn't know anybody else. Now, I'm not saying I'm the only one. I'm saying I didn't know anybody else at that time who was preaching about the favor of God. I didn't know anyone. I'd never heard anybody even bring the subject up. I'd never heard anybody from the pulpit say, did you know you can have favor with God? I'd never heard that. So it was something brand new to me. I didn't know a person could have favor with God. Favor with God? And if they could, surely not me. I mean, who am I? You know, if you, you knew something about my past, you'd be asking the same question. If I knew something about your past, I'd be asking the same question about you. But God doesn't look at our past. Amen? Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Amen? Thank God we've been redeemed by the blood and our sins and iniquities he remembers no more. And so I thought, man, what, what an exciting thought that you could have favor with God. Favor with God. You know, as a young boy, uh, I, I, I understood favor to a small degree. In fact, most of the time, when something that represented favor happened to me, I confused it with luck. Luck. And I, I, w I grew up having people say to me quite often, that's the luckiest boy I've ever met. That's the luckiest boy I've ever seen. It seemed like something good was happening to me all the time. And uh, I called it luck. Later, the Lord reminded me, he said, I've had, I, have do I have shown my favor to you all of your life. You're just now learning about it. Amen. And you don't have to be such a great Christian to experience the favor of God. All you got to do is make Jesus the Lord of your life. Amen. How many of you made Jesus the Lord of your life? Amen. Well, I'm telling you all this because part of this supernatural increase includes increasing in the favor of God. And I, I want to tell you right now that in these last days, that may be the most important thing you hear, that you have the right to increase in the favor of God. Not only that, it's the favor of God that's going to get you over in these last days. Amen. Favor, on, favor with God. Now, I want you to look at Psalm 115. Once again, I've walked in the favor of God all of these years, 51 years. In fact, today, 
My name is known around the world for the favor of God that's on my life and on my ministry. Uh, in many places I go, they introduce me when I get ready to speak. Let's welcome Dr. Favor. <laughs> or Brother Favor. Or sometimes Jerry Favor Savelle. My name is synonymous with favor. Amen. Because I learned how to walk in it. I've learned how to depend upon it. I've learned how to expect it. And I've taught it all over the world. And in fact, I believe, and I'm, I'm not being egotistical by saying this, I believe I've preached more sermons, written more books, produced more resources on the favor of God than any other minister in our generation. Because that's, that's my assignment. That's my assignment. You know, if, if you knew anything about Kenneth Hagin, uh, Kenneth Hagin was one of my mentors, but Kenneth Hagin was known for teaching faith. That was his signature message. God raised him up from a deathbed and said, teach my people faith. And that's what he did for over 60 years before he went home to be with the Lord. Uh, Oral Roberts was raised up from a deathbed and, and God told him to uh, uh, teach people about miracles and healing. He said, take healing to your generation. And every time you heard Oral Roberts preach, it had to do with healing and miracles. That was his signature message. When I think of Kenneth Copeland, how many of you are familiar with Kenneth Copeland? Kenneth Copeland, in my estimation, has learned more about God's laws of prosperity than any other preacher I know. And that's been his assignment all these years is to teach the body of Christ how to live in God's system of finance. Amen. So my signature message has been the favor of God. I think of Kenneth Hagin, I think of faith. I think of Oral Roberts, I think of healing and miracles. I think of Kenneth Copeland, I think of financial prosperity. I think of me, favor. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And I'm not saying that to say that you're not entitled to it either. You are entitled to it. In fact, just as much as I am. I've just given, been given the assignment to teach people how to live in it, how to walk in it, how to expect it. Praise God. Amen. And now the Lord is saying to me, if you think you have experienced my favor up to now, you haven't seen anything yet. Because supernatural increase is coming. Supernatural increase. And that includes the favor of God. Hallelujah. Amen. And I want to challenge you tonight and throughout this seminar to begin to expect it every day when you get up. The, you, ought to, you ought to get to the place where it becomes habitual. That you just get up and say, the favor of God is on my life today. Try it right now. Lift your hands and say, the favor of God is on my life right now. Say it again. The favor of God is on my life right now. Look at somebody and point at them and say, did you know the favor of God is on my life right now? And then look at the person on the other side and say, and it's on you too. Hallelujah. And somebody give the Lord a shout. And thank him for it. <clears throat> Amen. Now, Psalm 115 Beginning in verse 12, the Lord hath been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. That just simply means that God blesses covenant people. How many of you know you have a covenant with God? Amen. God blesses covenant people. And here he says, the Lord hath been mindful of us. I love that verse. I love the thought of it. I love getting up every day knowing that God has his mind on me. You know, I could, I'll leave here in a few days and we'll go to South Africa and, and have some meetings down there and then we'll head back home. I, I left Ghana to come here. And uh, when, I, when I leave, you'll probably hear me say just before I leave, I'll have you on my mind when I get back home. I'll have you on my heart when I get back home. In fact, you're always on my mind. You're always on my heart. Even if I'm not here very often, that doesn't mean you're not on my heart and you're not on my mind. I pray for you often. Amen. 
And it's comforting to know when somebody that you love and you respect tells you, hey, I got you on my mind. I've been praying for you. That makes you feel good all over, don't you? I remember one time I was in Australia, Sydney, Australia, several years ago. And uh, of course, the time zone is a lot different in Sydney than it is in Fort Worth, Texas. It's even different than it is here. And it was about 14 hours ahead of our time zone in Fort Worth. And I'm in bed. I just, I, I got back from a meeting that night. I'm already in bed. I'm sound asleep. And the telephone rings in my hotel, the hotel room I was staying in. The telephone rings. And, and at first, I didn't know what it was. There's this noise. And, and finally, I realized it's the telephone. I looked at the clock. It's 2 o'clock in the morning in Sydney. And uh, I said, hello. <laughs> and it was Pastor John Osteen. He said, hey, Brother Jerry, Pastor John Osteen, pastor of Lakewood International Outreach Center, Houston, Texas. I said, John, I know all that. <laughs> what do you want? He said, well, Dodie and I had you on our mind today. Just wanted you to know we're praying for you. Bye. <laughs> he hung up. I didn't get to say any more. But I couldn't go back to sleep because it brought great joy knowing that John and Dodie Osteen had me on their mind and they were praying for me. Amen. 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 The next night, the next night, no, the next morning, two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, the phone rings again. I thought, is it John again? I forgot to tell him it's two o'clock in the morning over here. He didn't even ask where I was. He thought I was in Fort Worth, you know. And I answered the phone. Jerry. I said, yes, sir. He said, Kenneth, Kenneth Copeland. He said, where are you, boy? I said, I'm in Sydney, Australia. He said, wow, no wonder I couldn't find you. And then he said, uh, what time is it over there? I said, three o'clock in the morning. He said, well, just want you to know, Gloria and I had you on our mind. We're praying for you. Go back to sleep and dream. Kenneth and Gloria Copeland are praying for you. And he hung up. I couldn't go back to sleep. I mean, I was just basking in the glory of the thought that Kenneth and Gloria Copeland are back home with me on their mind and praying for me. That'll, that'll, make, you, that'll make you have a great day. But you know, I didn't get a call every day from John Osteen. And even though Brother Copeland and I have been extremely close for 51 years now, we preach together all over the world. We're, we're extremely close in covenant relationship, but he doesn't call me every day. I don't call him every day. Sometimes we go maybe a couple of months without seeing each other or talking to one another. Amen. So I can't expect a call from John Osteen. He's in heaven. I can't expect a call from Kenneth Copeland because I don't know where he is tonight. He's somewhere. But I can go to bed tonight knowing this. I'm going to close my eyes in a few moments and I'm going to rest. But God never sleeps and never slumbers. And he's going to have me on his mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't that a great thought? Look at your neighbor and say, God's going to have me on his mind tonight. Amen. Now, what do you suppose he's thinking when he thinks about you? Now, a lot of Christians believe God's thinking about them. But it's what they think he's thinking that's not correct. A lot of Christians think, oh yeah, God's got me on his mind. He's going he to find a way to hurt me, break me, mold me, beat me. That's not the God I serve. I said, that's not the God I serve. That's not the kind of thoughts he has. In fact, the book of Isaiah tells us exactly what kind of thoughts he has. They're good thoughts. Amen. And he's thinking about your future, how to give you a bright future. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, your, your mother and daddy, uh, as much as they love you and have good thoughts of you, they don't think about you like God thinks about you. He's got good thoughts about you. Amen. And what is he thinking? What is he thinking right now? While we're sitting here in Nairobi, Kenya, in this conference, God's in heaven. What is he thinking right now? 
Well, based on what we just read in Psalm 115, I believe he's thinking, how can I bless them more? How can I bless them more? It says, the Lord hath been mindful of us. He will bless us. That tells us exactly what's on his mind. I picture him kind of leaning to the right of the throne. You know, Jesus on the right hand, looking over Jesus and saying, how can we bless them more? How can we make their lives even better than we've made it already? That's what God's thinking. He's not thinking about making you sick, taking one of your children, wrecking your car, burning your house. That's not the God I serve. My Bible says God is good. Hallelujah. Amen. So he's thinking good thoughts. Now there is someone that opposes you that doesn't have those good thoughts. He thinks he's consumed with the thought, how can I steal, kill, and destroy them? And his name is Satan. But he's not our God, hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen? So God's thinking right now, how can I bless them? How can I make their lives better? And how can I bring supernatural increase to them? You know, my attitude is, God, if you're thinking that, then help yourself and bring it on. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. Lift your hands and say, Lord, Lord, I'm a receiver. Bring it on. on. And give him some more praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Let's keep reading this. The Lord hath been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. Now here's where a lot of people, you know, mess it up. They think, well, I'm not Brother Jerry. God wouldn't do all that for me. I'm just this little person, you know, over here in Nairobi, Kenya. Who am I? It said, now you shouldn't be thinking of yourself as small. In, your, in God's eyes, you're not small. Amen. But if you happen to be thinking that way, God's got you covered. He'll bless you, even great or small. Amen. 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 Tell somebody, God's got me covered. Hallelujah. Now look at this. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord, now highlight this verse or underline it, Do something with this verse so that every time you pass by it, it jumps out at you. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. The Lord shall increase you more and more. Everybody shout, and I mean shout, more and more. More and more. Now notice, did you notice that you're not reading from 1 Jerry? I didn't make this up. It's Psalms. And the Bible says in the book of Timothy that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. So this is inspired by God. Amen. And it reveals the will of God. And what is the will of God? To increase us more and more. Hallelujah. And once again, I've experienced increase all of my Christian life. I've experienced supernatural increase many, many times. If I, if I gave you the testimonies of supernatural increase I've experienced, it would take at least another month to finish this conference. But God is saying, it's time for the more and more. Amen. More increase. Amen. Beyond what you've already experienced. You mean God would do that for me? Yes, he's the God that's more than enough. Hallelujah. He's the El Shaddai God, the God in whom nothing is impossible. Can you say amen? Amen. So notice here, the Lord shall increase you more and more. You are blessed of the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Hallelujah. Say, I'm the blessed of the Lord. I'm a covenant person. I'm entitled to more and more. more more. Now, I'm going to say something very strong 
Don't get upset with me. But it's true. Of course, everything I say is true. <laughs> if you never experience more and more, it'll be your fault and not God's. I'll try this side of the auditorium. I got no response over here. If you never experience more and more, it won't be God's fault. It'll be yours. Because God's already revealed what his plan is for you to experience more and more. I could not do what I do around the world if I didn't believe and expect that scripture to work in my life. Amen. We support ministries all over the world. We, 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 we establish Bible schools and, and, and so forth all over the world. Amen. But I couldn't do it if I didn't believe and expect that scripture to work in my life. I believe God wants me to experience more and more. And one of the, one of the primary reasons why is because he told Abraham, I will bless you and I'll make you a blessing. The primary reason why God wants us to experience more and more is not just so we can consume it on ourselves, but so we can become distribution centers. So that we can become clearing houses for the blessings of God. So that we can prevent misfortune in the lives of other people. Hallelujah. Amen. That's why I believe for more and more. That's what my wife and I, why we believe for more and more. Amen. We've lived debt free for years and years and years. We don't, we don't, our, our, our financial blessings is not consumed on ourselves. It's a way of us being able to distribute and help more people, praise God. Amen. Amen. And, and if God says he wants me to be able to do it more and more, I'm not going to argue with him. I'm going to lift my hand and say, I'll receive it, praise God. Anybody else going to join me? Lift your hand and say, I'll receive it. Hallelujah. Now, once again, this does not just include financial increase, but at the same time, don't, don't take financial increase out of the equation. It is part of it. But what I want to deal with tonight uh, by the direction of the Holy Spirit is increasing supernaturally in the favor of God. In the favor of God. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Now while you're turning there, if you have a notebook and you're making notes, let me give you uh, some, some, some words or definitions that are synonymous with the word favor so that you'll know what to expect. You know, if you don't, if you don't know what favor is, then you, don't, you won't recognize it when you see it. Amen? I mean, if, if you tell me, uh, uh, my, my, my brother would like to meet you before you leave. And I agree, and I say, okay, I'd like to meet you, brother. And uh, you say, well, uh, he's Kenyan. Okay, I expected that. Uh, he has black skin. Well, I thought maybe that would be part of it too. And he's tall. Okay, now I know he's a tall Kenyan. Uh, and he's about 46 years old. Okay. Well, I can see people in here right now that are Kenyan, black skin, tall, some of them look 46. Are you the one? I don't know any more about that. I, it's not likely he and I would ever come together, would ever meet. Amen? So when we talk about the favor of God, a lot of people have preconceived ideas about what it is and preconceived ideas of what it's not. So let me give you, since I've studied it for 51 years, let me give you some words and some definitions that are synonymous with the word favor. And then we're going to go to Ephesians 2. You taking notes? All right. Number one, it means acts of kindness. Acts of kindness. Number two, advantage. Advantage. I'll... I'll expound upon them later. 
Number three, approval. Approval. The Bible says Jesus, a man approved by God. Wouldn't you like to know that you have God's approval? Hallelujah. Number four, promotion. Promotion. When the favor of God is on your life, you can experience promotions on your job when you don't even qualify, when you don't even have the expertise. God will just open the door and cause you to be the one with the promotion. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And then uh, number six, privilege. Privilege. I like to say, and I say it to the glory of God, I'm a privileged man. I really am. And it's all because of God. Not, not anything Jerry Savelle made happen. All Jerry Savelle did, smartest thing Jerry Savelle ever did is make Jesus Lord of his life. And God's done all the rest. But I'm, I'm a privileged man. I, I've had the privilege of preaching with the greatest men and women of God of not only this generation, but the last part of the previous generation. Amen. And I, I'm just a, I was just a nobody. I was just a man prior to going into the ministry that worked on wrecked cars. That was the business I owned. I owned a business where I repaired wrecked cars and restored classic automobiles. I was, I was a blue collar man, as we called them back in America. I was about as average as you could be. Nothing special about me. God didn't select me to do all this because, ooh, wow, woo, look at that boy. He's got it. I didn't have anything. Amen. But God chose me, and I surrendered to the call. But from that time, the favor of God has produced privilege in my life. Amen. What are the odds? Think about this. What are the odds? Now, I heard the call of God in 1957, when I was just barely, well, I was about to turn 11 years old, watching Old Roberts on television in my grandmother's living room on her old black and white Philco television set. I was watching Old Roberts, and I never even heard of Old Roberts. And while I was watching Old Roberts, I heard God say, someday you'll preach like that. Someday you'll pray for people like that. And it frightened me. In fact, I, I thought it was one of my cousins standing next to me. Joe was on one side and another cousin, Donnie, was on the other side. And I thought it was one of them said something to me. And I turned and looked and they were both gone. I thought, who was that? <laughs> I knew it was in here. And of course, I don't know anything about God at that stage of my life. But I assumed that must have been the voice of God. Amen. Now, what are, now I didn't accept it. That was 1957. It wasn't until 1969 that I surrendered my life to the Lord. Twelve years later. What are the odds of that same little 11-year-old boy watching Oral Roberts on television and then years later wind up serving on Oral Roberts' board, preaching with Oral Roberts, becoming extremely close friends with his family, him being in my home and we being in their home. And he considered me one of his spiritual grandsons and I, I, I considered him my spiritual grandfather. What are the odds of that happening? How many young 11-year-old boys were watching TV the same time I was, heard the call of God, but God made it happen to me? I call that privilege. Amen. I call that privilege. And I've been privileged all of my Christian life. I count it a privilege to stand before you tonight. I said I count it a privilege to stand before you tonight. I could be anywhere in the world tonight, but God wanted me right here at this very moment looking at you and your beautiful faces and telling you how you can walk in the favor of God to another level, praise God. I feel very privileged to have this opportunity, praise God. Amen. Amen. So let's go on with some other definitions. Goodwill, favor, 
Uh, another word is goodwill. Another word is support. Support. And then I love this one. I love them all, but I like this one probably one of the best. Special attention. Special attention. Wow. Special attention. Have you ever been picked out of the crowd of thousands of people? And they all look like just a sea of people. And something very exciting and something very important. And they say, uh, we're going to select one person here for this responsibility. Uh, you. And it'd be me. <laughs> Special attention. I didn't have a red flag saying, I have favor. <laughs> no, it just, it just honed in on me. Oh, there's the one. <laughs> Special attention. That's what the favor of God will do in your life. Now, keep those definitions, and I would suggest that you get up every morning and go over them and then say, and that's what I'm expecting to happen to me today. Amen? Amen? That's what I am expecting to happen to me today. All right, now, did you find Ephesians 2? Ephesians 2, how much time we got? We good? Okay. Ephesians 2, and look at verse 7. That in the ages to come, ages to come, so that tells us right off that Paul is not talking about his generation. He's talking about a future generation. Is that correct? Yes. That in the ages to come. In other words, I believe Paul, he was a prophet. He was an apostle. He's seeing into the spirit realm. And he's seeing way up in our generation. In the ages to come. Now, if Paul had known my name, he'd have put my name right there. In the ages to come, Jerry Savelle will experience. And he would have put your name in there. He saw your face, he just didn't know your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Notice it says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Did you notice there were several of those words in that scripture in that definition I just gave you? Yes. See, grace, grace is just another word for favor. In fact, most of the time in the Amplified Bible, when you see the word grace, it will refer to it as unmerited favor, meaning we couldn't earn it. It's a gift from God. But grace and favor are the same. And so notice here, he says, in the ages to come, God is going to do something with that group of people in that generation. What's he going to do? He's going to show them something. He's going to show them the exceeding riches of his grace and favor in his kindness. Amen. That's us he's talking about. Now, here's something very interesting. 2020. Everybody say 2020. Say it again, 2020. 2020. If you have your notebook there, just write in that notebook, 2020. Okay. 2020 is an interesting number. And I've done a lot of research on this. I'm not interested in what the world says about it. I'm not interested in metaphysics and medical, uh, you know, all that stuff out there. Can't think of the word, but it's stuff. And uh, I'm interested in the importance of a number from a biblical standpoint. And there are numbers that have great significance in the Bible. Amen? If you look, if you study the word 20, you know what it means? It is symbolic of a perfect, completed waiting period. Wow. Man, that thrills me. How many of you have ever had to stand in faith for something? How many of you have ever noticed in the Bible, if you patiently wait... <laughs> How many of you have been waiting patiently? 
How many of you are believing God for something right now that in the natural it's utterly impossible and you've been waiting for a long time? Well, I got good news for you. It's quite possible that your waiting time is over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 20 in the Bible, and I'm going I'm to get into this a little deeper tomorrow, but 20 in the Bible is significant of a perfect waiting period being completed. Now, when I found that out and I saw what the, I heard what the Lord said to me about supernatural increase in 2020, then I began writing down in my notebook everything I have been believing God for for a long time. And I wrote right under it, 2020 is my year. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've, had, we've, we've already had some major breakthroughs. I mean, some things that we've been believing God for, and it just seemed like when we entered into 2020, they started breaking loose, started breaking loose. Hallelujah. They were breaking loose. And God wants to do the same for you. But he's not going to do it for you if you don't believe it, if you don't expect it. Amen. He doesn't do it for me because I'm a preacher, because I'm an American, and because I have white skin. He does it for me because I'm a believer. I'm expecting it. And I will not let anybody talk me out of it. Hallelujah. I may be little in stature, but I got a bulldog tenacity. I bite and I don't let go. <laughs> Amen. 2020, the year of supernatural increase. God's going to open a new door. A door represents an opportunity. God's going to create a new opportunity for you to experience supernatural increase. Not only in the financial realm, it is included, but also in the realm of favor, the realm of health. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If it wasn't for God three years ago, I, I, I wouldn't even be here. If it wasn't for God, I had a full-blown stroke. And they said I'd never preach again, never travel again, never be normal again, but God. And you know what's happening? I'm going to another level in my health. I just turned 73 years old and I'm acting 43. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Wow. I bet I can do more push-ups than you can. <laughs> God wants to increase us in every area. Every area. He wants us to increase in His knowledge. He wants us to increase in our sensitivity to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. He wants us to increase financially. He wants us to increase in the favor of God. Every area of our lives. It's supernatural increase time. It's your time. It's your time. I thought you'd be excited. It's your time. Come on, give the Lord your best shout. Hallelujah. Now, let me read this to you from another translation. Uh, the... the uh, what is this translation? I'll think of it in a moment. But it says this, that God in these, in the, in the, in the, day, the ages to come, God is going to show future generations the greatness of his goodness. He's going to show future generations the greatness of his goodness. Hallelujah. Another translation says successive generations. In other words, beyond Paul's generation. Paul and his generation saw things that the previous generation hadn't seen, but God is going to take our generation to a whole nother level. It'll be supernatural. Hallelujah. You were born in the right generation. You ought to lift your hands right now and say, Thank you, Mama. Thank you, Daddy, for having me born right in this generation. Praise God. Amen. Because we're going to be known as the generation that experienced supernatural increase beyond what we've ever experienced before. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? 
I'll just give you this scripture reference. It's from the Amplified Hosea chapter three and verse five. It says, and they shall come to anxious reverence to the Lord and to his goodness and the good things in the latter days. Now the New Living Translation says it this way. In the last days, they will tremble and be in awe of the Lord and his goodness. So we're headed for things previous generations never saw. They got close. But God always reserves the best for last. Amen? And that's our generation. Supernatural increase. Can you say it with me? Supernatural increase. All right, now let's go to Romans chapter 5 very quickly. Romans chapter 5. Hope you're having as much fun as I am. Could I get some water, please? Romans chapter 5. And we'll read this verse, both from the King James and from the Amplified Bible. Thank you, sir. Romans chapter 5, two verses, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace or favor, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now listen to it from the Amplified. Therefore, since we are justified, acquitted, declared righteous, and given a right standing with God through faith, let us grasp the fact. Now, that's very important. You got it up on the screen? Let us grasp the fact. What does it mean to grasp? It means to take hold of. It means to, to become a part of you. Amen. If I was, if I was to uh, reach out to someone and, and you know, uh, say, uh, here, here's, here's 5,000 shillings, and you reached for it, and you took it, and somebody came by at about that same time and grabbed it and tried to take it away from you, what would you do? You'd grasp it. You'd hold on to it firmly. Now, this is what he's saying. I'm going to read it from your screen here. Therefore, since we are justified, acquitted, declared righteous, and given a right standing with God through faith, let us grasp the fact that we have the peace of reconciliation to hold and to enjoy peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Read verse 2. Put verse 2 up there. Through Him... Also, we have our access, entrance, introduction by faith into his great, look at the next phrase, state of God's favor. Ooh, I love the sound of that. We have by faith into this grace a state of God's favor in which we firmly and safely stand and let us rejoice and exult in our hope of experiencing and enjoying the glory of God. Now, what I want to measure on is that phrase, a state of God's favor. What does that mean? Well, let me, let me define it from the reversal of it or a negative side. Have you ever heard of anybody living in a state of fear? A state of anxiety? A state of depression? What does that mean? They're depressed all the time. They have anxiety all the time. They live in fear 24-7. Well, I live in a state of favor. All the time. Hallelujah. It's on me all the time. It goes before me all the time. Amen. The psalmist David said in Psalm 5 verse 12 that we're surrounded by it. I live in a state of God's favor. That means it doesn't show up every once in a while. 
It's on me all the time. Amen. It shows up all the time. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. I wish you'd be as excited about this as I am. Hallelujah. It's life-changing, hallelujah. Amen. This is the way I live every day of my life in a state of God's favor. Hallelujah. People that live in a state of fear, they don't experience fear occasionally. It's all the time. You've seen people like that. People that live in a state of anxiety. They live that way all the time. Not occasionally, not once in a while. Somebody said, well, I've seen people have good days and bad days. Yeah, but people like that, most of their days are bad. They don't have very many good days because they live in a state. We're not talking about New York. We're talking about a position. We're talking about uh, a frame of mind and spirit. They live in a state of fear. They live in a state of depression. They live in a, a state of anxiety, oppression. Amen. Frustration. And they're that way all the time. Well, why is it so strange for me to say? People look at me sometimes like, well, who does he think he is? I'm a child of the living God. That's who I am. I'm a born again believer. That's who I am. And I happen to have right standing with God. That's who I am. Not only that, I live in a state of God's favor. Every day. Amen. Not occasionally, not every once in a while. Every day, the favor of God shows up in my life in some way. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it's available to you just as much as it's available to me. Now, I want to challenge you tonight, and we'll continue with this theme of supernatural increase. I want to challenge you tonight to begin to get up every day expecting the favor of God to show up in some way. I like to say the favor of God opens doors that no man can shut. The favor of God changes rules and regulations and even policies if necessary to get you through a door. Amen. Once again, I could give you testimony after testimony of God's favor showing up in ways that most people could only dream about. But it actually happens. Amen. Why? It's not because I'm such a good, good Christian. It's because Jesus is such a good, good Jesus. <laughs> Amen. It's all because of him. But it's available to you. Amen. Amen. You say, well, you know, if I lived in America, that'd be different. There's a lot of Americans that don't live this way. There's a lot of American Christians that don't live this way. I don't have anything to do with it. It's what do you believe? What are you capable of receiving? Can you say amen? amen. All right, now listen to this. I'm going to close it with just some of my personal notes here. He said that we needed to grasp something. In other words, it's you take it into your life and you refuse to let go of it. You ever been given a, a precious heirloom something that belonged to your ancestors and it was passed down to you and somebody may have wanted to purchase it from you or somebody tried to take it from you and you said, no, 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 this is precious to me. I'm not letting go of this. I have some things that my grandfather gave me that are very precious to me and I will not let go of them. In fact, one of my, my oldest grandson, he just turned 30. He says, Pop, you do know that if you go, that goes to me, right? <laughs> He's already expecting me to pass it down to him, you know. I said, well, my, man, what makes you think I'm going anywhere? <laughs> well, you know, you're getting older, Pop. Now, you, well, hey, how could I outlive you? <laughs> uh, but yeah, what he's talking about, he knows how precious this is to me and that I won't let go of it. I've had people try to buy it from me. Now, one of the things my grandfather passed down to me, and Joe could tell you, because he used to be, uh, he used to uh, have a gun dealer shop where he sold guns. <laughs> he didn't run guns, he sold guns, okay? <laughs> and uh, so uh, 
my grandfather gave me a Winchester patented in 1896, 10-gauge shotgun that's made like a rifle. It's lever action. And there's probably only three in existence in the entire world. And my grandfather gave it to me before he died. I still have it. It's not for sale. In fact, there was a man who owned a Ford dealership, offered me a brand new Ford truck for that gun. I said, it's not for sale. You wouldn't, you'd turn down a brand new Ford truck. I'd said, I'd turn down 10 Ford trucks. It's not for sale. See, I grasp it because it's precious. I have grasped the favor of God because it's precious to me. Hallelujah. It's what gets me over in the most impossible looking situations. So he told us to grasp certain facts. Let me rehearse those facts with you once again. Number one, we need to grasp the fact that we have peace with God. Number two, we need to grasp the fact that we have right standing with God. Number three, we, have, we need to grasp the fact that we have legal access to God. And then number four, we, we need to grasp the fact that we have favor with God. And they're all in that verse, those two verses, particularly from the Amplified Version. Grasp the fact. If you do, your life is never going to be the same. Never be the same. I don't care what your occupation is. I don't care what your background is. All you got to be is a believer. And you already indicated you're a believer. Hallelujah. This is available to you. But it comes by you grasping these facts. In other words, it becomes revelation to you. Hallelujah. So let that sink in for just a moment. Say it with me. Say these out loud. I have peace with God. It's a fact. Say it. It's a fact. I have right standing with God. It's a fact. I have legal access to God. It's a fact. And I have favor with God. It's a fact. Well, what else do you need? I mean, if you know all these things that we just talked about. In fact, if there wasn't another scripture in the Bible, I could win in life on those two verses. That's all I would need. That I have right standing with God. I have favor with God. I have access to God. I have peace with God. What else does a person need to win in life? Amen? Amen. Praise God. Are you receiving this tonight? Okay, let me wrap it up with these thoughts. A state of God's favor, it means a, a manner of standing. It's a position. It's an attitude. And when it becomes a revelation, then no one can take it away from you. It has to be more than just something you heard in your head and you heard in a teaching session. It's got to get down in here. I know that 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 I know I have favor with God. I know that. Would you like to hear it again? I know that I know that I have favor with God. And it's all because of what Jesus did at Calvary. Hallelujah. All right, now listen to this. This is a vital key. 1 Corinthians 15, 34. It starts off with these simple words. Awake unto righteousness. Awake unto righteousness. And righteousness means right standing with God. And if you know you have right standing with God, then you also know you have favor with God. And the key here is awake to it. In other words, become totally aware that you have right standing with God. The beautiful thing is, folks, I don't care what you've done. God's not holding it against you. God doesn't. When you come to him in prayer, remember it says we have access to him. By faith, when you come to him in prayer, the Bible says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. 
When you come to him and say, God, I need, or Father, I need thus and so. He doesn't ever say to you, yeah, but you remember what you did last week? I'm holding that against you. You never say that. Your sins and iniquities, he remembers no more. Amen? So you can go to the Father with the same attitude that Adam did before sin ever came. Amen? Because in his eyes, I'm righteous. I have right standing. And his attitude is, uh, how can I help you, son? What do you need today? What's troubling you? I can help. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. So my dad always was, my earthly dad. Son, seem to have something on your mind, something bothering you? Yeah. What is it? I believe I can help you. And I'd tell him, sure enough, he'd go doing whatever he needed to do to help me overcome that situation. That's my father God, too. What do you need, son? You have legal access to me. You have right standing with me. You have my peace, and you have my favor. I think we can win, son. I think we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna pull this off. Amen. Amen. Are you seeing this? Yes. Look to your neighbor and say, "I see it." Do you see it? So he says, "Awake unto righteousness." And how do we awake unto righteousness? Become aware of these truths that we've been talking about tonight. Become aware of them. Amen. You know, I, I remember when I first started preaching, I was invited to come to this youth camp. And it was very well known back in those days. But they, they weren't what I would call faith people. It was very religious-oriented, tradition and I don't know why they asked me to come because I didn't believe what they believed. But somebody in the high-ranking area decided that it might be good for me to come and speak to these young people. Now I was 22 years old myself, 23. And this had become a revelation to me. And back in those early days, I preached on the reality of righteousness and the favor of God everywhere I went. Everywhere I went. Because it was so life-changing to me. And I thought if it changed my life, it'll change other people's life. But I was rudely awakened to the fact that some people still want to be in bondage. And some people still don't want their prayers answered. And some people still don't want to have right standing with God. And like Kenneth Hagin used to say, I got the left foot of fellowship. In other words, they put me out. They didn't want to hear it because it went cross-grain with their religious tradition. They wanted to suffer. They wanted to be a worm and a dog in the presence of God. They couldn't even say God. God. That real religious sound. God. And I, I was shocked. I thought, why wouldn't people want to hear this? Isn't the gospel good news? <laughs> they were hanging on to old news that was, an, was not even accurate news. But I'll never forget this one time. Oh, it's probably 1973. And I got invited to preach in a Methodist church in Little Rock, Arkansas. A Methodist church. So I'm preaching on righteousness and favor. And uh, at the end of the service, I mean, man, I, I, I preached everything I knew in one sermon. Man, I just, I just unwound. Just, just, I, I just let them have it in one service because I didn't know if they'd ever invite me back. You know? And so, man, I just unloaded everything I knew. And when I got through, I said, now, does anybody in here want to meet God tonight? Anybody in here interested in becoming the righteousness of God? And one hand went up. It was the pastor. I said, did you understand what I said? He said, yes. 
I said, you're not saved? He said, not like you preached about tonight. I want what you got. <laughs> and the pastor came forward, and then the next night, boy, it looked like the whole church came forward. Hallelujah. He said, man, I never heard anything like that in my life. That's the best news I've ever heard. I want what you got. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And he'd been pastoring that church for years and didn't know that he had right standing with God. Didn't know that he had access, legal access to the throne. Didn't know that he had favor with God. Didn't know he had the peace of God available to him. That's the reason it's so important to grasp these facts. Amen. Amen. Do you receive tonight? Yes. Lift your hands and say this with me in the name of Jesus. I receive revelation from God's Word that I know is going to change my life forever. I lay hold upon these truths. I take them into myself. I grasp them and I refuse to ever let go of them. I know that I know based on the authority of God's Word. I have peace with God. I have access to God. I have right standing with God. And I have favor with God. And now I'm ready to go to another level. Supernatural increase. I receive it in Jesus' name. And give Him your best shout. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God, praise God.